Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning, Lord. I am so blessed by all the women that have taken time out of their morning to come here and to have fellowship, to listen to the worship and enter in, to hear about Joseph, to be in their small group time. We are so blessed, Lord, and we thank you that we can do this in freedom. We thank you for the opportunities you give each one of us, Lord, to minister to someone else that may be here. And we pray that every woman would feel welcomed and loved and bless this time, this short time in the word, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as you know, the title of our study is Delighting in a Life of Triumph, a study in the life of Joseph, out of Genesis 37 through 50. So, delight means a high degree of pleasure or enjoyment. Triumph is the act, fact, or condition of being victorious or triumphant. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And his fragrance is never something we could be allergic to. Isn't that awesome? So we are to have a high degree of pleasure and enjoyment in being victorious over our circumstances in our Christian walk. Not just enjoying the easy, beautiful, great, joyful circumstances, but victory over the tough things. And particularly those that we're going to focus on, the many topics we'll talk about through this study in the life of Joseph. Such topics are triumph over bitterness, temptation, betrayal, having triumph in forgiveness, in God's timing, and much more. Through our life of triumph, God will diffuse, as the verse says, so make actual and visible to make known by teaching. So our lives are to be teaching others by the way we experience our trials. People are watching. They're watching us. And we diffuse the fragrance of the Lord as we go through those trials. And that's exciting. That means that this study is going to help us to grow. We will be covering a lot of the word. And we will see practical application on overcoming the tough areas of our lives by the word of God and the life of Joseph as a great example. We will also learn by the other characters, and they are characters, we will see in this amazing God-breathed true life story. So we're going to start with a little background today, so we'll be ready next time, September 30th, to dive into verse by verse in chapter 37, as we're going to discuss triumph over bitterness in our own lives on that date. So Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, which is often referred to as the Torah or the Pentateuch. The story of Joseph is found in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. The date of authorship is estimated in the early 1400s before Christ. Long time ago. That's about 3,500 years ago, almost. Between the time Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and his death, Moses lived approximately 1526 B.C., to 1406 BC. And Joseph lived approximately 1914 to 1805 BC. So oral tradition and the Holy Spirit is how we have this account in the life of Joseph. There are more chapters devoted to Joseph than to Abraham or Isaac 
or anyone else in the Old Testament. Joseph is given much prominence in the scriptures. Joseph is given to us as an example of Christ. And we will see these things as we walk through his life. God's plan for the gospel of mankind through the sacrifice of his son was intended for good, even though those who crucified him intended it for evil. And we will see a comparison in Joseph as his brothers intend evil upon him, but God uses it for good. Joseph the dreamer, as he was called by his brothers in Genesis 37:19, was the 11th of Jacob's 12 sons and Rachel's firstborn. And she also bore his full-blooded brother Benjamin, which will have significance as we study. Jacob, his father, had two wives and two handmaidens, one belonging to Rachel and one to Leah, and 12, from, from them, 12 sons came. And from these four women. So that should tell you plenty right there. Trouble. Four women and all those kids. Not a good scenario. You will learn about this in your homework this next two weeks and more in our teaching lesson next time. Joseph was also his father's favorite because he was the son of his old age as well as the firstborn of his favorite wife, Rachel. We have four children, and at times I think they each may have felt that they were the favorite, but sometimes the least favorite. So, and they they do tease me because our one son, Nathan, who moved to North Carolina, he, out of the four kids, is the sweetest to me. And they know that, and I'm like, well, step up your game then, come on. (laughs) But that's what my husband says, tell him to step it up. So, but we truly love them all. And yes, there are traits we enjoy more about some than others. And, you know, at times, different seasons than others. So, and if you struggle with favoritism, you will see the serious effects in Joseph's family. As we look farther back to get a good context, Jacob, which is Joseph's father, was the favorite of his mother, while his brother Esau was the favorite of his father. As we look back on Jacob's life, it is interesting to note this, that even though he saw the destruction of that in his own life, he played it out in his life as a father. As a young man, Jacob, which is Joseph's father, tried to trick his own father, Isaac, into giving him the family fortune instead of his older brother, Esau. He used a goat in this deceit which we will see this later as a principle of sowing and reaping that affects his own life, Jacob's own life down the road. It all fell apart and Joseph's father, Jacob, had to run for his life when his twin brother vowed to murder him. That's in Genesis 25. So Jacob went away more than 200 miles on foot. He did not see his father Isaac or his brother Esau for more than 20 years, and he never saw his mother again. His mother who favored him, who was connived with him, he never saw her again. And so when he did see his father Isaac, he was almost, he was close to being dead. So there's no record, like I said, that he ever saw his mother again. What a high price to be paid for favoritism and deceit. Interesting that Jacob, Joseph's father, had this 20-year separation from his brother and father and then restoration. However, as great as healing is, uh, this destructive favoritism would follow the family into the next generation. 
most notably with Jacob's son Joseph, who we'd be studying. Such was Jacob's favoritism of Joseph that it caused great resentment among his brothers and nearly cost Joseph his life. Jacob, after being tricked by his own children into thinking Joseph was dead, and they used a goat, so there's the similarity. He used a goat to trick his father. They used a goat to trick him. Um, He was tricked into thinking Joseph was dead, did not see Joseph for about 22 years. So once again, in his life, he has a long separation with a loved one with his favorite son this time, Joseph. So out of Jacob's 147 years of life, 42 years were in deep separation of a family member. And I don't know about you, but I don't even like to be at odds with anyone for a week. I can't imagine 42 years. These separations would be part of Jacob's thoughts and hurts daily, I would think, at least in the recesses of his heart. So favoritism can be very destructive. On the flip side, we will see God's sovereignty in allowing circumstances in Joseph's life to ultimately give us a powerful picture of Christ in the Old Testament. But it is important to know Joseph's family history as we move on with his life. And so it's also good to remember that despite Jacob's faults, God chose him to be the leader of a great nation that still bears his name today as his name was changed to Israel. Joseph shows us many character traits we can adopt by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we can rest in God's sovereignty in our own lives, even when circumstances look dire. God is sovereign, meaning he ultimately has complete authority. He is in charge. He never slumbers or sleeps. Psalm 121.4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. But in his sovereignty, we still have choices, and it's a beautiful blend. In God's sovereignty, we'll see Joseph was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers, yet rose to become the most powerful man in Egypt next to Pharaoh by saving many lives from a seven-year famine. But in the midst of that short synopsis, we will also see as we go through Joseph's life, family dysfunction, frustration, jealousy, hurt, Hatred, unfair treatment, favoritism, deceit, family dynamics, bitterness, unforgiveness, temptation, and also we will see forgiveness and favor, God's hand, deep emotions, love, restoration, reconciliation, and much more. And we'll be focusing on the example of triumph that Joseph gives us. So next time, we're going to address our own family situations. Most likely, most are less than ideal, ours included. And this story is going to give us hope in that. So I want to leave you with three things this morning as we get into our groups and begin getting to know one another. The first thing is there are timestamps on our lives. And you guys can put the slide up. Each lesson will share the same exact three statements in our workbook, but I want all of you to hear it, even if you are in a non-homework group. And so here's what it says. Before the digital age, 
When important documents were received, a clerk would use an ink stamp to mark the time and date on them to stand as an official record of an event. It has been said that life events can also be like time stamps upon our hearts. Incidents that happen in life, both good and bad, leave an indelible stamp upon us and are not easily forgotten. And I had an example of that. We were in North Carolina with our son as they moved and they have a couple adopted kids and they were in an Airbnb and it had a little coat on it. And the younger one, 11, Samson, he was so paranoid about not knowing the code because he was afraid to get locked out. And they were like, why are you so worried about it? And so I told them, I said, Don't, aren't you guys the one who told me that when he was in the other foster home, they stuck him out in the garage and locked him out there? And they're like, oh, yeah. So obviously that was something, a timestamp in his life that was still working. And he needed to have the assurance I could get back in. And so they taught him the code and he got it down. So, so we're going to see timestamps in Joseph's life. He has many. We have them in our own lives as well. I remember clearly the day I got married, a thrilling timestamp. I remember the day our son tried to commit suicide and that was a very grieving and trying and heart-wrenching timestamp. I remember the birth of our first grandbaby, a joyous timestamp. I remember the day I was diagnosed with cancer, a terrifying and difficult and very emotional timestamp. And you have them too. I am sure you have many joyous ones as you look back on your life, but you may have some difficult ones as well. It may be a death you have grieved or are still grieving. It may be a past childhood abuse. It may be an unwanted divorce. It may be a time-stamped work condition or situation. It may be a betrayal by who you thought was a trusted friend. It may be a hurtful thing that was spoken to you that has left a mark upon you. So much so, you know it truly has not been dealt with. And I have one of those little things in the back of my mind that I know God's dealing with me on and God's still working it out in my life. But the Lord wants us to be delightfully triumphant in these areas of our lives, these timestamps. The second thing I want to leave you with is that the word is written for our learning that we may have hope. Romans 15, 4, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. And Joseph's life is going to give us hope as well as tools to live a victorious life. And the third thing is God's sovereignty. God is with us. He was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. We see it written four times in Genesis 39, but we will see the fingerprints of it completely weaved throughout his story. Genesis 39 two, the Lord was with Joseph and he was successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Genesis 39.3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Genesis 39, 22. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Genesis 39, 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. 
So we are going to see that throughout Joseph's life, and we're going to see it throughout our own lives. The Lord is with us. Hebrews 13.5 tells us, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the Lord is with us throughout our lives, throughout all those timestamps that we had and will have. So two weeks from now, we're going to have our first lesson. Um, on September 20th, so please come back. Please do your homework if you are in a homework group, and if you are not, please read Genesis 37 several times through in your devotional time or whenever you can. Just go ahead and read it. You'll be more prepared for the teaching because we want to get right into that chapter. So I'm going to pray, and then the leaders are going to come up, and we will introduce you, and you can pick your group. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this short time in your word, Lord, and we're so excited to dig in further to the life of Joseph. So we thank you, Lord, for the time stamps you have put in our life, the ones that you will put in our lives, and we ask that you would make us triumphant, that you would diffuse the fragrance of your knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen.